Hey everybody, welcome back to the Menchwarmers. Uh, we are live on King Street from the heart of the Toronto International Film Festival. That's right, in downtown Toronto, bringing you the best of Jews and sports. We are a Jews and sports and occasional schtissel recap podcast. And uh, we've got a great interview coming up with Max Winkler, uh, the director of TIFF film Jungle Land, uh, a movie about boxing. That's right. It is a sort of a follow-up episode to our conversation with Lou Eisen from a few weeks back about the classic Jewish history of uh, boxing. We're really excited to chat with Max about his experience with the sport, his knowledge of Jewish boxers, and how that fits into the movie he made. And we thought we'd take this opportunity to do a little alfresco pod uh, down from the heart of the film festival. Gabe, have you, have you seen anything else at TIFF this year? Uh, I have seen uh, occasional film critics argue with each other in various establishments about the city. Yeah, it's funny how, like, in, you know, the last 15 years or so, it's really gone from, like, this relatively small film festival to, like, oh, this is where the Oscar movies come. Like, everybody's yeah. at TIFF and giving their reviews. Like, I feel like I've read 20 reviews of uh, movies that I haven't seen yet or won't see for months or maybe never see because they'll never even get released in a wide way. Um yeah, but, you know, this sort of makes or breaks Oscar season now. It's uh, late summer in, in the greatest city in the world. So here we are. Everybody wants to come. We, it's late, uh, city, late summer in the greatest city of the world. It's also late summer in Toronto. That's right. <laughs> uh, we've uh, uh, Alex Rodriguez was here, a uh, Menchwarmer's favorite. Wish Shabbat Shalom, everyone, last Friday from the TIFF uh, screening of his partner. Yeah, it gives us, uh, before we get into the interview, good uh, good time to talk about goings on in Israel baseball, probably the biggest story in uh, Jewish sports right now. That's right. Um it's the European Baseball Championship right now. Uh, it's been going on for the last week or so. Uh, and how did Israel do? Well, it, the preliminary rounds are done as we're taping. It's September 12th, and uh, Israel went 4-1 and one in the, the preliminary The Roche rounds. rounds. Are they Roche of the group? Uh, no, it's group It's group stage. Like That's they what play I mean, but have, the have they finished yeah. in the Roche position of their, their uh, group? No, the second... Uh, I, I don't know the, the Hebrew word for second best, but... Uh, They're Erev first. Yeah. So they went 4-1. and one. They only lost to the Netherlands, which is, of course, a... a European baseball powerhouse, as far as it goes. Um, they beat Germany in in uh, you know pretty uh, dramatic fashion. If you followed our Twitter account, it was live tweeting the account the account of that game. So thanks everybody for following along. Uh, thank you to uh, Nick Rickles uh, who hit the go ahead run for following us back on Twitter. Always nice to get followed back by members of Team Israel Baseball. Is uh, Nick Rickles related to Don? I, I, I looked into it. I could not find any information. He just insults every member of the opposing team until they, uh, until they lose to him? Uh, but yeah, so they go on to the quarterfinals now. Basically the way it works is that there's, there's eight teams in the quarterfinals, and uh, the top five teams will make it on to the what they're calling the Europe-Africa combined Olympic qualifier. Oh, the Euro-Africa region. Exactly. A classic, a classic tournament. It's like, it's like the uh, Stanley Cup. Um, so five teams from Europe and one team from Africa, who I can't remember who it is right now, uh, will go on and compete for one of the Olympic spots. And Israel's obviously trying to win its first European baseball championship. I mean, that would be a huge a win huge in deal. the first place. I believe the only people, the only teams that have won have been the Netherlands and Italy. Uh-huh. That would be big, big nachos for all us Canadian uh, baseball fans. Yeah, and it's a little different than the previous time Israel uh, had a big international showing at the World Baseball Classic a couple years ago, um, which is that for Olympic reasons, every member of the team actually has to be a citizen. So Danny Valencia, who's joined the team, other former minor league baseball players, Ty Kelly, a former major league baseball mm -hmm. player, are all now Israeli citizens, and they're playing for Team Israel and, and seeing how far they can go. So uh, we'll keep you updated on, on what going, what's going on. If Israel uh, wins their game tomorrow against France then they will automatically qualify for the 
combined Europe and Africa right. qualifier and, then, and have a chance. And uh-huh. the winner of that goes on. And the second place team in that also has one more shot of making the Olympics. So, so next year in Tokyo. Yeah. We're hoping. Yeah. And, and just a, a minor quibble that the Olympics baseball is, is total BS this, this this year. There's only six teams making the tournament. Japan's already one of them as the home country. They absolutely could have done a larger tournament with more teams. Right. But they've sort of, I don't want to say rigged it, but they've designed it so that Japan will pretty much definitely medal. Uh, yes. Almost definitely win the whole thing, which, you know, will be a big deal. Japan's obviously the most popular sport in Sorry, sorry, baseball's the most well, popular sport in Japan. The, the Olympics are sort of well-known for their equal opportunity, fairness, and uh, proper judging and organization. So I think this is a real I shock see, I see, I see, yeah. set something up. I see Gabe indulging in the other traditional Jewish sport of sarcasm. That's right. Uh, so now that we've got this update, we're about to head into our interview with Mr. Winkler, director of Jungle Land, a movie about boxing and a Jewish man. So we're excited to talk about that. But before we get to that, let's remind you... Uh, that you can find the Mensch Warmers on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever your podcasts are found. Uh, please follow us at Mensch Warmers on Twitter. Follow the CJN Podcast Network on Facebook. Uh, give a listen to our sister podcast, the Canadian Jewish Schmooze. Last week, our, our supervising producer, uh, Michael Freeman, had the opportunity to interview uh, Emily Nussbaum of The New Yorker. Fabulous conversation that touched on wide-ranging topics from Stiesel to Fauda. Yeah. I would say I'm in the uh, category of Jew that, that really only cares what the New Yorker has to say about things. So yeah. I thought that was great. Me too. It's, it's, it's wonderful. They deliver wonderful slices of life from all uh, areas of, of the media. And now our producer, Michael Freeman, is one slice of that life. All right. Let's get to the interview with Max Winkler. Welcome back to the Mench Warmers. We're here with Max Winkler, uh, the director of the upcoming movie Jungle Land. Max, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, really appreciate you taking the time and uh, excited that we've got more Jews into sports. Yes, I. I uh, oh, is this about sports? That's our podcast. Yes. Yeah. Amazing! I didn't even know that. I thought we were going to talk about the movie. I'm so happy to talk about sports. I want to give one quick shout out Absolutely. to a restaurant I went to last night that was Jewish French cuisine called Dreyfus. Ah. And it is this Don't man. He it's new. I forgot the chef's name, but he's a genius. He's truly touched and brilliant. That's fantastic. And um, do you think a lot of people go to have affairs? <laughs> no, it's too small of a restaurant. Okay, too small. Well, that sounds uh, great. Um, but it's an excellent restaurant. Oh, great. And I recommend it to all of your. Do you remember where it was? No, it was on uh, Harvard Street. Oh yeah. Okay, sure. That's sort of like the heart of. What used to be the really Jewish neighborhood in the city? It's and a now great sort of restaurant. Like a, so much Jewish so country. that I texted friends and I said, you know, we have to figure out how to get this to Los Angeles where I live. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We have a restaurant called Friedman's there that's amazing. That's similar. It's sort of like they've like redone Jewish yeah. food and it's great. There used to be one here just called S. Right. But they, like ESS. Right. But they got rid of it. Gotcha. Yeah. I want to go to Montreal to have the bagels there. I've heard. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, the good bagels, the smoked meat. That's yeah. Sort of we went the... to college there. So gotcha. Uh... McGill? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. How'd you know? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, welcome to the Mench Warmers. Uh, we're, we'd love to talk to you about Jungle Land and boxing. And I'd also like to talk about experience. Fred Van Vliet, if possible. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. absolutely. We, we have talked about Fred Van Vliet, Van Vliet on this podcast before. Mostly his uh, Wikipedia uh, page was vandalized to say that he has some Jewish ancestry, which we could true? not verify. Yeah, I wouldn't call that a vandalization. Yeah, no, was that you? Um, no, but I, I've been a fan. One of the co-writers of Jungle Land is a guy named Teddy Bressman who has deep roots in um, Wichita. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he turned me on to Wichita State basketball. Shockers. 
And without, I went to USC, so I really liked the football team. Our basketball team was never great. And I sort of turned on the Lakers when Kobe left. And so I was really looking for a basketball team to um, fall in love with. Mm-hmm. And um, Fred Van Vliet and the Wichita State Shockers totally, like, I, I became a deep, diehard fan. Oh, Their that's coach awesome. is incredible. And, I, and then I, I ended up liking the Raptors because I love Fred Van, Fred Van Vliet yeah. so much. And, oh, that's great. Well, yeah. you got on the bandwagon at a good time. because you know. Yes, and I, and I wanted to make sure people knew that it wasn't a bandwagon <laughs> thing, that my roots are actually deep. And I have a Wichita State hat that oh, I wear, no way. and it's great. Yeah, They went undefeated that year, the Fred Van Vliet year, and then they yeah. lost in the Final Four. Yeah. Yeah. They were they were an amazing team and that guy could coach Duke or I think it seems to be a sliders being ordered. Um, <laughs> um they are a they're an amazing team. Yeah, well this really whole like city them. loves Fred, you know. He was Good. really the captain of the team from like a morale standpoint. He's such a know. great player. Oh beloved, yeah. Beloved player for the Raptors. Shut down Steph Curry. Yeah. And yeah. uh when so just some context why we thought he was Jewish during the finals run, somebody had kept on putting in that he had Jewish ancestry right. on his Wikipedia page, which is not true. It's never right. been true. So enough of our you know fans or, or friends mention it to us. Hey, did you know Fred Van, Vl- wow. Van Vliet is Jewish or is he Jewish? So Listeners would write in. Yeah. It was we did a bit of a deep dive, but we weren't able to uncover anything. I took a photo with him. I'm going to show it to you oh, guys. Yeah. Um, the other night, I'll send it to you. My dad's calling me. Huh. Does he want to be on the Mench Warmers? <laughs> Dad, you're you're I'm on a I'm on a podcast or a, uh, is it a podcast? Yeah, it's a podcast. Yeah, podcast. I'm on a podcast called the Mench Warmers, uh, talking about Jewish tradition. So I thought it was only helpful that you I answered this phone call from you. <laughs> yes, I'll call you soon. I love you. I love you too, and uh, yours in um, salmon. Goodbye. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let me show you this picture because I was really excited by it. Oh, that's, oh, that's amazing! You know, it's funny when you see uh, when you see uh, guards playing basketball, they always seem short because they're the yeah. short guys on the court. But then when you see them with a normal person, you remember, oh yeah, that guy is you know. Six, I, I wouldn't six, even call me. A, I wouldn't yeah. even call me a normal person. Fair I'm, enough, I'm on the, <laughs> the lower end of the spectrum. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about Jungle Land, uh, the movie that's premiering tonight, Tiff? It's a movie that we're really excited to bring here. It's my second movie here. It's a movie. It's kind of a love story about two brothers. Um, one of the brothers is a, a deeply talented bare knuckle boxer, sort mm-hmm. of in these weird illegal circuits in the. Um, northeastern part of um, the United States, which is a country just south of you, and We've heard um, of it. unfortunately, <laughs> and um, it, um, yeah, the actors are um, Charlie Hunnam and and Jack O'Connell and the great Jessica Barden, who you may know from the End of the Fucking World on yep. Netflix. She's incredible, and and um, Jack did all of his own stunts, all of his own boxing. It was we we had some semi pros fighting with us, and a guy who's now gone professional who fights at the end of the movie. And hmm. um, I'm excited for you guys to see it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Did you uh, have a lot of help with the sort of shooting the boxing? Was there a way we had a great boxing um, coach, sort of stunt coordinator named Paul Marini and Ed Lavash, who had a boxing gym in um, Massachusetts near where we shot in Fall River, who was was incredibly helpful and choreographed the fights and. Jack came early and trained for a month just by wow. himself, living in Boston, really getting into it. And is you'll see in the movie, he's deeply, deeply skilled as a boxer. And were you a boxing fan before you made the movie? Yeah, I've been boxing for a long time, and oh. um, I love it. And um, I love the writings about boxing. I love Joyce Carol Oates' On Boxing. I think it's a masterpiece. Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I we love... We have a literary corner on this podcast. Okay, so good. This is a Maybe, nice, so uh, welcome I'd to I'd like it. to straddle it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like um, all the sort of... 
iconography and symbolism about boxing in America and mm -hmm. what it means and people in cha you know literally fighting and clawing for their slice of the American dream right. and just what that means to be somebody who enjoys getting punched and enjoys getting pain and inflicting it upon them. There's a lot of these boxers that you meet in real life. I can't say the same thing about the UFC as it seems, but a lot of these boxers you meet are really gentle, mm -hmm. sensitive people in real life um, and are working through their own experiences of how they came up and um, working through love and pain and all that stuff as, when they're in the ring. And it's just this, it, I mean, it's just a beautifully, it's incredibly well-documented sport. Mm -hmm. Sure. And... Um, there's a and story one with deep traditions as well. We we talked before on our podcast about the sort of history of Jews in boxing, and, and there was an era where you know Jews were among the best fighters. Of course, Mike Tyson. <laughs> um, um, yeah, we Jews we had a good run in there. That's yeah, one of our know, only sports. A, a tradition of you know people coming out of the ghetto, and uh, you know there's been fewer immigrant poor immigrant Jews. That hasn't been the tradition that's carried forward. Right. But, uh, different people who have come up in in different ways. There's yeah. There's a story of uh, Barney Ross, legendary Chicago Jewish boxer, that his mother didn't know he was a professional boxer until he was world champion. Incredible. Just because it was Kept it from her. Kept it from her. Right, because he just didn't want to be bothered by having the conversation with his mom to say he's getting hit for a living. Exactly. Yeah. I, I take it the characters being played by uh, Charlie Hunnam and Jack O'Connell are not, not supposed to be Jewish. Hasidic. In the movie. Really? <laughs> no. Um, not Jewish. Yeah. Not Jewish. But very emotional, very vulnerable, talk about their feelings a lot, have resentments a lot like a normal Jew. Jewish person. Okay, mm -hmm. um, so pretty close to being and, in the tribe. And Jessica Barden is one of the most Jewish, non-Jewish people I've ever oh, yeah. met in my life. She was excellent at the end of the fucking Amazing. world. Amazing. I think She's they're bringing her back for a second season. Yes, they are. They have not. What other sports stuff could we talk about? Yeah, uh, what whatever you like? like. So you grew up in Los Angeles, I'm I take a it? Very, very big Dodgers fan. Sure. I wanted to go to the to see the Blue Jays play, but I didn't have oh, time. Yeah. But it's just is so cool that you can Red just walk Sox right in there. Oh yeah, yeah you can best. see it from around the corner. Uh, well, you know the Dodgers right now have a great Jewish player, Jock Peterson. Uh, of course, the last couple of years, yeah. and obviously traditionally, and a great brother named Champ Peterson. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely, legend. Yeah, uh, it's it's there. I mean, we there was a, a moment a couple of years ago where Jock Peterson and Alex Bregman. Both Jews homered Bregman's in the same World Series Jew. game. He is. Oh yeah, Bregman's a Jew. He's too good to be Jewish. I know. I know <laughs> exactly. Um, I I I really want the Dodgers to win one World Series in this run. I think they deserve it. Yeah, this really could be their year. I'm a little worried about our middle relief. Um, I wish we had made a move, but it's above my pay grade. But and and the Yankees are really really good, and the Astros yeah. are really really good. And it'd be great to see a rematch of the 2017 World Series oh with the God. Astros. I, that that yeah. series took years off my life. <laughs> yeah. Like I I I I I could I just died a very quick death with the Red Sox last year. But yeah. but the Astros. Dodgers Stadium, and especially in that Astros ballpark, which feels like a miniature golf stadium. Yeah, yeah, it's very bizarre. just Altuve just bumping, like knocking baseballs off fucking pinball machines and mm -hmm. shit. It was insane. Well, I, I think the last year's series took a weekend away from us at least because yeah. it was wasn't as bad for West Coast time. But here, the game that went uh, eighteen so innings. Annoying, I think yeah. we were up until three thirty, four o'clock yeah. in the morning watching that game. Right. What's going on with the the, the Blue Jays are just in disarray. Bad. Um, yeah, rebuilding. We, we got some young guys who are going to come Stroman's up in the next gone. couple years. Stroman's gone. He's, he's a Met, on Met now. now. We yeah. talk a lot about the Mets on this podcast. <laughs> Most, they seem to be a traditionally Jewish fan base. Yes, very much so. Yep. Seinfeld. Exactly. Um, Jack Antonoff is a Mets fan. Huh. Um, the Dodgers, too. I mean, big Jewish fan base. Larry King, obviously. Larry King, behind home plate of course. every day. And, you know, Sandy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's uh, We... We the goat. love Sandy and talk about the goat Jewish athlete, probably. Yeah, we thought it was going to be Sean Green, for <laughs> <laughs> former Blue Jay. Well, that's what we have to yeah. share. Yeah, from, um, uh, baseball wise, we there was a very famous when we were kids. Sean Green used to go to like 
high holiday services every year. Right. And Amazing. not play on Yom right. Kippur. And, of course, and in the sandy way. It. Right. Exactly. And then what Kevin Euclid did the same thing. Right. Kevin Euclid is a Jew? He is. Yeah. That's I thought right. he was Greek. Greek, Greek Jew. No shit. Yeah. See, this is why we have the podcast. You guys are very good. What <laughs> okay, other here. what other sports stuff can we talk about? Uh, whatever you like. I mean, so you said you grew up in LA. You, uh, you went to USC. I went to USC. I was there for three Heisman. Oh wow! I became friends with a lot of those guys. Ryan Khalil mm-hmm. is, was the center there. Now is a Jet, also a Jewish fan base, yeah. and is um, in the movie industry. I he was no my way. producer. I wrote The Rocketeer with my friend Matt Spicer, the reboot of it. Sure. And he was the producer on it. It was because. He, my relationship with him. He yeah. had the rights to it, and he's an incredible guy. Did you know Taylor Mays at USC? Yeah. Also Jewish. No. Yeah. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> I wished him a happy. I wished him a happy holidays once. My dad and I, because we would go and watch the games together, yeah. and he was he he felt really seen. It was oh, beautiful. that's amazing. Well, we I know your dad, um, who called in earlier, is, a, is an avid sport fisherman. Uh, fly Big fisherman. Time. Do you do that at all with him? Or ha- it's hard for me. I'm very small uh, attention span. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like more of an, an older man sport. We've done it before, and and he really loves it, and he's very gifted at. It. He's a good, a sneaky good Jewish athlete. Right. Mm-hmm. Most tend to be. Yeah. <laughs> <You don't laughs> it's definitely not. We're definitely not assuming. It. Exactly. They yeah. Don't look at a Jewish guy um, and go. He's athlete. a good. Yeah. USC. We were there for three Heisman. It was the Glory Day is my senior year. Sure. I watched my father sh- cry at the um, at the, the uh, USC Texas game. Yeah, yeah one of the greatest sporting events Legendary. I've ever yeah. been a part of. The, the wasn't a part of it, but push yeah. forward. Yeah, um, I actually just found out who's to blame for that, but I can't tell you. But there's one person <laughs> whose entire fault it is, and it's not um, Lendell White's. Really? Okay. Yeah. Pete Carroll? No. No. Oh. Can't tell you. Okay. I don't know what happened to Lendell White. Blast. I think he uh, he he didn't make it in the pros because he got too heavy. Yeah, he battled a little he bit. He battled, yeah. Not, no, I, but great team. I mean, Ryan Khalil's still playing. Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a an amazing Reggie time Bush. to be at. I went to a high school with no football team. Okay. Because it was against sort of like their their um, philosophy. Oh. And um, I, yeah, they were mostly pro drugs. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and creativity. Um <laughs> But it was an amazing thing to be a part of. And Pete Carroll is, like, the closest thing to a president I've ever really been around. Like, he knew your name. He shook your hand. Right. He's an incredible huh. human. Incredible. He made you feel so seen. Everyone loved him. Like, a truly great man. That's awesome. Well, he – I mean, he – they were as close to a pro team during the ever. era. As his, it was a magical yeah. time. It was like, you know, when you watch those HBO sports of, like, the Frasier Ali one, you know, at the garden of just, like, people yeah. in fur coats. Like, every cool and uncool person <laughs> was on the sidelines there. And um, it was a huge part of my life. I, I really loved it. Yeah. Have, have you uh, had any interest in the teams that have moved – the NFL teams that have moved to LA like in the last the couple Rams. years? I like the Rams. I like Goff. I like Gurley. Um, it's hard to get a feel for whether the city is really responding to the teams at all. The city kind of seems like this, the new stadium will help. I think they need to go back to their original colors. Right. I think those mm-hmm. silver uniforms are really yeah. bad. Well, I mean, the Rams have the history of being in L.A., so there's some attachment there. Yeah, maybe. Chargers, I think, you know, they don't sell out like a, a soccer stadium. A soccer stadium. It's like 35,000 people. Um, but they're good. It's just, I don't know why they came because San Diego is such a great fan right. base. And I'm sure L.A. has some sort of a fan base. I just... I'm not connected to it because I never want to go to a football game because I it's so much better to watch oh, yeah, live football, football on television yeah, and have the you know the red zone package because of my fantasy team and mm-hmm. except for know. college I mean college is a different experience yes. especially when you're you know True. really a supporter of the True. team then being there is is, is a whole different True. thing. We're on this podcast we're very closely unfortunately following Josh Rosen 
another LA I love guy. him, and I I, yeah. I really believe that he has had a truly unfair run. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think so, too. And he's smart, and he's outspoken, and this mentality of, like, I don't know if he loves football enough is asinine. Well, I think and it's like, anti-Semitic, to it, be honest with you. I do, too, in a way. Yeah. And and um, I hate it. And uh, I think he, he seems like such a smart, good guy, and I, mm-hmm. I really think well now Miami seems to be tanking on purpose I know it's sort of like you want to see him get a shot in Miami but on the other hand you don't want to see him get blamed for a, a two and 14 Another season because thing, they, yeah. they built no team around him yeah you really want to see him get a shot though I mean he's you know good he's yeah. good he's he was great really he was good, good in college great you know, arm and they might trade him too yeah, yeah I know right send him to New York let him play for the Giants I think it would be great da- Daniel Jones looks pretty good though also true so tell us more about Jungle Land it's a, you know it's it, it's not really I would say a sports movie it's more of sort of like um, sort of like um, an of mice and men kind of type movie mm-hmm. okay. about brothers you know it's deeply impacted by sort of Bruce Springsteen and John Steinbeck and you know Jack Nicholson as a right. frame you, of mind. Do you well, feel like with this year Jungle Land and Blinded by the Light you've created a Bruce Springsteen cinematic universe? If to those sort of two join movies into? get connected, I will be very surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know Bruce Springsteen is is to me one of the most important writers um um you know just you can take his you can take his words without the music and it is some of mm-hmm. the best writings about America and the American experience absolutely um of hope and desperation and suffering and love and belief and I just um his spirit was definitely the, the original title of the movie was called Lion I written the movie so long ago with my co-writers that another movie named Lion came out right mm-hmm. um, different Patel. subject matter yeah. um and so we changed it to Jungle Land and it, it made sense because I was listening to so much Bruce as I do always but while I was writing this and yeah that's uh that's fabulous and uh is it sort of like you mentioned earlier that you have a real acceptance for boxing and a love for the sport, and I feel like it, it marries very closely with Bruce Springsteen's music as sort of a, a, a hope, and you take your punches and you move on, you roll with them, and that's sort of the part. It's about taking and giving and just giving a little bit more than you take. Yes, I think you've put that very well. Oh, well, thank you. Did you like his book? Loved, loved. Yeah, Made me cry great. multiple times. I really, um, I saw the live show on Broadway and cried the entire time. I like the book, but I, I had a hard time not reading it in his singing voice. You have to. That's an interesting <laughs> experience. And, and honestly, like, that I love Bruce Springsteen. Exactly. It was like in that sort of like, you know, stereo, um, sort of caricature of what Bruce Springsteen's voice actually is. I, I recommend buying the audiobook and listening to him read it. That probably would have been the better way to do it. He's such a beautiful reader and he does such a wonderful job with it. And it, you can just feel everything. Um, I would, but that is a really good. Did you see the Ben Stiller show sketch of oh, like yeah. Bruce Springsteen counting bottles? Yeah, we've seen and, that one before. Yeah, that feels like that. But it just, I, I kept, yeah, I kept singing it to Thunder Road in my head. Right, whatever was written on the page. I'd love so to hear that. I one didn't day. make it all the way through. Yeah. Um, I assume when he reads the audiobook, he just reads it straight, not to, not to. You might to be music. surprised. Like piano yeah, the whole time. Well, we were in Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be an interesting way of doing it. Um, does Jungle Land the song feature in the movie? No, or? Okay. but there is a Bruce Springsteen song in it. Oh, great. We won't ask you to spoil it that's part no. of the fun it's yeah. better to see it when it comes because it comes in a weird thing and it's not a Bruce Springsteen song I think you would think of right talked a little bit about your career in the past we know that you've uh, directed a lot of television um, 
including New Girl, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I wouldn't say either of those are necessarily Jewish shows. Uh, if we're looking at our angle, so Andy Samberg, Jewish characters. Yeah, Andy Samberg has a real, and Jake Peralta's character, you know, very Jewish uh, right. main to him. A certain Max Greenfield on yeah. New Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I guess Jess on New Girl isn't supposed to be Jewish, but her parents were played by Jamie Lee Curtis and, and, Rob, and Reiner. Rob Reiner. Yeah. So it's hard to imagine how one came from the other, yeah, <laughs> or, or the child's not Jewish. My, but the parents I've only are. made one movie about the Jewish experience. It was my first movie. It was re- it was about a, a, a Jewish boy. He's never we never talk about his religion, sure. but he was certainly Jewish in attitude and um, suffering levels. Right. Um, and your point, um, your Portnoy's complaint. Yes, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, Portnoy's complaint told through the uh, told through the lens of like a love addict or something like that. Right. But um, but um, yeah, I. I I've always I feel really lucky that I've been able to make movies and television that I really love. Sure, is it difficult going between TV and movies, or do you no. feel like it's a different a different project, different, different art form, different part of the brain, and different project? How about comedy and drama? As you've gone previously, no, comedy is much harder than drama. Dramas, I think, you know, comedy is really hard. Yeah, why? I don't know. It's it's so execution dependent. It's so writing dependent. It's so um, editing dependent. Like it's mm-hmm. there's. It's. I just find it harder. Right. Yeah. And On I this find movie, Jungle Land, were you mostly sticking to the script, or uh, no? Is, that is we everyone for... could say whatever the fuck okay. they wanted to say, as long as it was truthful and authentic. Are you guys actually Jewish? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah. Kidding. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. The one more question was for us to yeah. you, not the other way around. Yeah, I think of on the Canadian census, they used to ask people their religion, Jewish, and my dad used to joke that we could have another uh, segment, obviously Jewish. <laughs> you have to go in. to this place called Dreyfus. Like the yeah. name of it is about this famous Jew who was prosecuted. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that's the Jew. It was called the Dreyfus. Affair. That's what so it's that named was the joke over. I was yeah. Making earlier. Right. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> I thought you meant like just like because Jews have no, affairs. No. Well, they also do. But that's hilarious. Yeah. Thank you. Full circle. Yeah. Our, uh, to wrap it up, our last question. Uh, if you want to share with us maybe some of your favorite Jewish athletes or sports moments, I know we talked about Sandy Koufax, but L.A. also had Jordan Farmar for a while. Loved Jordan Farmar. Oh, yeah. Um, any other from Sandy anywhere Sandy Koufax, I just love. I just mm-hmm. found him to be elegant and beautiful, and like that's what I hope I can kind of look like. as a, mm. He's angular in a way that most sure. Jews are, but I hope yeah. I look like that when I'm older. Um, I think when him and Clayton Kershaw stare at each other from yeah. that seat under the mound, it's magic happening yeah. between the I two. I love of them. Clayton Kershaw. He's a not a very non-Jewish hero of yeah. mine, but he's a true hero and right. like really cares. Yeah, he reminds me of Charlie Hunnam in a weird way. Interesting. Yeah, Can like, you go th- a little deeper on that. They're just like both beautiful men that want to be excellent and work very hard to get that. How Charlie mm-hmm. Hunnam's uh, fastball. Never seen him throw. <laughs> he's very good at um, like jujitsu and shit. Oh, okay, ah, yeah, cool. he's like very into that. I think more of a cricket guy. Um, no, he doesn't really like those things. Mm. He's really into like hand-to-hand true combat. <laughs> I love. Who are some other good Jewish athletes? I mean, it depends if you want to talk L.A. or the rest of no, the, the rest of the world. Anywhere. I mean, Hank Greenberg's obviously a not legend. familiar with him. Uh, I mean, uh, not not in my sure. not in yeah. my. Well, yeah. currently NFL. We uh, in the NFL. We talked about Julian Edelman last week. Super Bowl is he actually Jewish? He is. he is. You know, he hasn't embraced it as much so as that he could does, have. But that's not interesting. Yeah, me. Nate Ebner, who plays for the Patriots, though, is very Jewish and went to Israel recently with the Pats. Respect. Uh, talked about that on our last episode yeah. uh not much in the nba right now willie Colley stein is half jewish really um no that's way. about it right now there was a guy from israel who's gonna get, he didn't get drafted right. Yoval zeusman and then baseball's got lots you know braun and ryan braun and jock peterson bragman uh the blue jays we rowdy Telez. Uh, yeah. Jock Peterson is excellent and has an ama- is an amazing club. I know we have to wrap up, but he's yeah. an amazing clubhouse guy. Like he's very important to our team. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And 
So is Champ. Yeah, and, of course. Um, and who's the other L.A. person you said? Jock Peter. Oh, and Alex Bregman is yeah. by far the best Jewish athlete. Yeah, yes. probably right now. Best, best He's professional incredible. athlete. He's uh, incredible. Here's another fun fact. We interviewed a reporter who followed Team Israel around during the right. World Baseball Classic a couple of years ago, and Bregman had to leave the team because he got called to the majors. Yeah. Good story. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we have to wrap it up. We'll have to leave it there, but uh, maybe we can have you back on if the Dodgers win the, win the World Series. Yeah, please call me if that <laughs> happens. I'd love to talk about it. I don't it. know if you're being sarcastic. I swear not, to God, we'll I'm do being it. serious. Call me. Fabulous. I'll write down my cell phone number. Just <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much, Max. Yeah. Thank you. That'll just about do it for this week's episode of The Mench Warmers. A special thanks to Max Winkler, the Toronto International Film Festival, and uh, our supervising producer, Michael Freeman, for all coming together and uh, making this happen. Yeah, uh, you can catch Jungle Land in theaters probably at some point. I don't know that it has a release date yet, but if you're at TIFF, maybe you can see it. And if not, keep an eye out for it. Um, you you can know that, that Charlie Hunnam is very good looking. Yeah, he is. I don't know if he looks uh, particularly uh, like he could play a Jew, but, you know, he's got a real Gentile look. Um, you know, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Menchwarmers for more updates on Israel's uh, journey through the European Baseball Championship. And feel free to follow us on uh, any place you get your podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Zencast, uh, Podbean. Whatever you got. Uh, anything. Always love to have your feedback. And uh, we'll see you next time, our next edition of the Menchwarmers. Warmers.